You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sam and I have finished up watching day two of this NBA Summer League at the time of this recording. We just saw the Warriors emoted Moody, Moody, Moses Moody, <laughs> Moses Moody, and Jonathan Kaminga uh, finish up a fun game against the Orlando Magic and Jalen Suggs. Uh, stay tuned to hear our reactions. Uh, we'll try not to have any uh, major overreactions, but it is always fun to talk hoops at the NBA Summer League. We got a great episode for you guys. You are locked on the NBA draft. I am one of your co-hosts. As always, it is Sam Ferris, and I am joined by my friend and the other half of the Draft Dummies. It is the fabulous co-host Cody. Cody, we've seen a lot of impressive debuts today, and we're going to get, of course, into the fine details here. Do you want to run us through kind of the slate that we're going to go over the next 30 minutes? Yeah, so the first segment here, we're going to do a little winners and losers of the first two days of Summer League. Again, this episode will post. uh, It is Wednesday, uh, if you're listening to this right now, on the day it posted. But uh, Sam and I just finished up the first two days of Summer League, so we're going to talk winners and losers so far. And then the second segment, we're going to have some, is this a valid thought or or an overreaction? Uh, We know there's always hot takes with NBA Summer League. It gets out of hand. Judgments are made way too soon. So we just have uh, some thoughts that we had and the other will tell uh, tell us if we're overreacting or that's a valid point. And then the third segment, we're just going to get into some general discussion and mention some guys and thoughts uh, that we didn't get to before. All right, so let's start with, let's go positive here first. So I will do my winner uh, from the Summer League so far, Cody. And to me, when I think of a winner so far from the Summer League, I have to start with the Houston Rockets adding a bunch of first round picks this year. And Cody, the game that they played against the Cavaliers was the most energetic and the most fun that I've had. At the Summer League, I've been to four straight Summer Leagues now. Obviously, it didn't happen last year with COVID, but that might have been the most talented game I've been to, and it was definitely the most energetic. Um, So I I just think that Rockets fans have a lot to be excited about, and it's, it's kind of funny because a lot of people made fun of the trade at the time for not really getting a star, and Oladipo uh, did not work out. But because of that, they were able to end up with Jalen Green, who was the best player that I know I saw. Um, Certainly the most exciting through two days of Summer League. Yeah, the Rockets absolutely had a great draft, uh, I believe. And I don't think that's too much of of an overreaction at this point. Uh, Shangun was awesome against Mobley. He looks like he's going to be a productive player. So the Rockets... I do feel like are an early winner so far. For me, I was going to go with a player, and there's a lot of guys uh, we could have gone with here. Uh, don't have time to mention everyone, but I got to go with one of my favorite players in the NBA. He's actually a second-year guy, and that is Malachi Flynn of the Raptors. 
I do not have sources that say that they passed on Suggs because of their confidence in Malachi, but I like to believe that. And uh, that Raptors game, uh, in my mind, he was probably the most controlled uh, point guard uh, during the first two days here. Uh, You hear this about a lot of guys, but he definitely looked like he didn't belong. Very seasoned vet type game that he has. He had 23 and 6 on 8 of 13 shooting, 4 of 5 from 3, and only one assist. But uh, watching the game, he had a lot of should have been assists and plenty of hockey assist type plays where he broke down the defense, made the correct pass, and the ball went around the horn and got the team a good look. And uh, I'm really excited about him and Scotty Barnes going forward with the other. Uh, Older guys, Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam, but I really like Malachi Flynn. I think he's going to be a tremendous player in the NBA for a long time. Yeah, and as we watched, you know, two days worth of Summer League, what did become obvious is, and we've talked about this before, obviously, you know, just when you look at the total population of people, there are more small people than there are big people. And so there just aren't that many bigs, uh, you know, you know, maybe each summer league has one good big guy, but there are plenty of good smaller guards. Uh, but I know you believe, and I agree with you, that Malachi Flynn was the best of that group of small guards. Uh, you mentioned the decision making. He also, you know, shot the ball really well, which is going to be one of his keys moving forward. But when you compare him to what you saw from a lot of the other guards throughout the summer league, uh, what is it? you know, just watching those guys that really stands out is maybe a differentiator from a guy like Malachi Flynn to the rest of this group of maybe fringe uh, NBA smaller guards that kind of have a chance to make it, but aren't as impressive to you as a guy like Flynn. One, it's just not turning the ball over on more of like weak plays. Uh, It was very physical first two days, lots of reaching, grabbing, scratching, clawing. And we saw a lot of guards really struggle getting into the lane and then just getting hounded by length everywhere and just being weak with the ball and turning it over. And Flynn also was just beating his man off the dribble. A lot of guys struggled with that too, uh, with the help defender sliding over. But Flynn is so under control, super quick. Very good decision-making, and he just plays uh, with a lot of strength. But, uh, yeah, I agree. He certainly was the best of all the smaller guards in my mind, even though there there were plenty of other great uh, performances like Emmanuel Quickly and whatnot. But I love Flynn on both sides of the ball, and uh, defensively is just another area where uh, he stands out with guys like Davion Mitchell, Jalen Suggs, and whatnot. Flynn is tremendous on that end. As a transition here to the next segment, which is the losers, because of course there are winners and there are losers. And when we go over our losers here, this does not mean that we think that these guys have no chance moving forward. We don't want to overreact completely to Summer League. This is just kind of our report of what we've seen. And to me, one of my losers was Cole Anthony, another smaller guard. And you talked about the physicality and the tough time that a lot of these guards had getting into the lane that was the case for Cole Anthony Um, maybe to sum up his night it was very on brand for Jalen Suggs making clutch defensive plays multiple blocks down the stretch and it also just unfortunately felt on brand for Cole Anthony 
getting stripped by Gary Payton at the end and just did not come up with very many shots was pretty ineffective and inefficient. Um, he was a guy that Cody and I were lower on. Neither of us actually had a first round grade on him last year. Um, he, he did play minutes and he's going to moving forward because the magic are going to play all their young guys out of that group because I do like the magic core kind of moving forward, especially with Suggs now, but he's a guy I'm a bit lower on. And I was even considering coming in low on him, still disappointed from what I saw from Cole Anthony. Yeah, he ended up one of nine on the night. And again, you know, he can turn it around. Absolutely. But I'm kind of with Sam there. My loser, I kind of had two. One, uh, Keon Johnson, uh, the electric guard slash wing uh, for the Clippers. Uh, his measurements didn't impress at the combine and then seeing him in person, he is really small. And the enticing thing with him at Tennessee when he was listed much taller was that he's more of a wing, but uh, he looks more like a guard out there and the explosive athleticism, the quickness uh, laterally is certainly there, but he shot four of 16. He's someone Sam and I were both actually lower uh, then uh, compared to the consensus, and he's just going to have to improve that offensive game a ton. But the physical tools are there, and I'm uh, sure he's a hard worker, and, and he'll put in the, the time and the effort. So, But uh, not a great start for him. And then the other loser was just some of the offenses. I understand all these guys are trying to make the team, and they're trying to get a lot of different guys' uh, reps to get a good look at them. But it seems like a lot of these games, uh, the best players, the guys that were able to create advantages on offense would go a long time without getting the ball. And a lot of throwing the ball down into the paint to ineffective big men. Yeah, and that was kind of a theme that Cody and I have been discussing throughout uh, these two days here that we've been at the Summer League is, are these teams really optimizing the Summer League opportunity because on the one hand, you want some of your future core players to get reps that they might not get on ball in the regular season. Um, and then on the other hand, on the other side of the coin, there is, you know, these guys that are fringe guys like the summer league in the end is for those guys to try to fight for their roster spot, whether it be on the team they're playing for or just their spot in the NBA. And oftentimes, Cody, we like to talk about how we don't want to make too much of a small sample. But in the end, like a lot of these fringe guys don't have that many opportunities to play against other potential NBA players in front of front offices in a setting like this. So, of course, those guys are going to make the most of their opportunity. They're going to take shots. Um, some of them probably aren't warranted or maybe aren't as entertaining to watch because you know, we want to see the lottery picks. We want to see the guys that are the future of these franchises. Um, so it's just kind of interesting. I don't know necessarily what the optimization of Summer League is, but we won't see all of the top guys play every game. As it gets deeper into Summer League, we'll see more of the fringe guys. But certainly as a spectator, I would have liked to have seen a little more of Vassell, a little more of Cade. And in the end, we saw a lot of, you know, Tyler Cook posting up. <laughs> yep. Well said. And we're going to get into some more Summer League talk after this quick break. 
Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better? Well, there is, and if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Uh, my favorite part of Headspace is the... Uh, the meditations that help you fall asleep. I lie in bed at night thinking about the clog lanes of the early 2000s and why the Celtics didn't run Kevin Garnett at the five during 2008 through 10 there. And But these meditations on Headspace help me to relax my mind, stop worrying about those things, and uh, get some sleep. And you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on MBA. All one word, headspace.com slash locked on MBA. Go there and use the locked on MBA and you'll receive a free one month trial with access to Headspace full library of meditations for every situation. That's a free one month trial. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash locked on MBA today. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you've listened to our show before, you will know that I am not a big protein bar guy. I just haven't liked the flavor of most of those protein bars, but it is different with Built Bar. They've got so many different options of flavors to choose from. I personally am a berry guy, so I like raspberry and strawberry in their 100% covered in chocolate. On top of the taste, they are for health conscious guys like Cody and I. They have only 17 to 18, they have 17 to 18 grams of protein, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. So again, amazing flavor, all tasty, all healthy. And of course, because you are listening to us, go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off of your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com dot com all right sam let's get into the next segment where uh, we're gonna give a give a take and then the other will uh, determine if that's a valid thought or a classic summer league overreaction i will start by dishing one to you here jalen suggs jump shot is going to be really good uh, I would say that to me is not an overreaction because when you look at our evaluation of Jalen Suggs going back and you get into the numbers, because after all, I am a numbers guy, though I do rely even more on the eye test. And when you look at both the eye test and the numbers for Jalen Suggs, they will tell you that his jumper off the dribble, Cody, has been very good. And off the catch, it's been a mixed bag to this point. But, you know, something interesting we were – uh, looking at on Twitter is the fact that Jalen Suggs has always been a multi-sport athlete. He's always focused on on both basketball, but then also on football in the offseason too. So it'll be interesting to see if there's anything to this theory that now that he can 100% focus on basketball, maybe there are some development, you know, check marks that he might be able to hit that we might not have expected. I don't know. Uh, just kind of an interesting food for thought, but in terms of just the jump shot, Cody, the form looks very good. He's a skilled player who's going to work hard. To me, he has good touch as well. And he was one of the best 
off the dribble shooters. I think outside of Kate, he was the best freshman shooting jump shots off the dribble at his lone season at Gonzaga. So I do buy that that is going to translate. And I think that's one of his real paths to upside in the NBA. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, even before some of the shots he made today, I was in on his jump shot. Great mechanics. They're consistent every single time, nice and tight and fluid. So, yeah, I really like Jalen Suggs' jump shot moving forward. Yeah, and just some background on this. If you didn't see the game, uh, he came out and made two pull-up jump shots in a row, and it, they both swished to look really nice. Made a couple more throughout the night, and even his misses to me also were good misses. We often talk about, uh, you know, you don't want to read too much into a small sample because – whether the ball goes in or not is hard to control, obviously. And there's a difference between good misses that are hitting a good spot in the rim and the bad misses, which <laughs> might have been Jonathan Kaminga tonight, where it was hitting all over the rim and the backboard. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. If if a guy's jump shots are missing, which is obviously going to happen, the greatest basketball player ever, Michael Jordan, shot just under 50% for his career. That's a part of the game. Uh, but if those misses are often hitting inside of the iron first, their first contact, then you live with that. But yeah, then then there's guys that are developing jumpers and the misses are left and right all over the place. That's not a good sign. All right, Sam, what's one of your uh, statements here for me? So I've got one on Suggs too, but we've been doing a lot of Suggs talk, so I'll save that one for last. I'll go to Cade Cunningham. He was the number one pick. Uh, I'd say it was a mixed bag from him on opening night, Cody. Um, but my question is to you or my statement, should I be worried about his burst and ability to create separation at the NBA level? For me, I would say that's overreaction, in my opinion. I understand if people had those um, kind of concerns before the draft and still have those concerns. Uh, but for me, uh, if you didn't have those concerns before, I don't think uh, that – or I do think it is an overreaction to have them just based off that first game, if that makes sense. I think uh, once the NBA season gets rolling, I know he's never been the Jalen Green type of athlete. That's not his game, but I think he's quick enough. And the shooting has been so good and I think will be really good going forward. Uh, you can leverage that into blow buys, absolutely. So on, honestly, one game, I am not worried about it at all. Yeah, you make a really good point that going back to high school, the question mark on Cade Cunningham was, in fact, the jump shot. And now you could argue that's one of his strengths to go along with his feel and to go along with his size uh, and just the skill level at that size. But like you said, there are plenty of guys that don't have great athleticism, but can leverage that jump shot, especially the pull up to get wherever they want on the floor. I mean, Steph Curry does that as well as anyone. Um, and I think that Cade on the track that he's on with the size and the feel and the pull up, he can be one of the most lethal pull up jumpers in the NBA, especially considering the jump in skill level from where he was as a shooter in high school to like 18 months later now is just such a world of difference that the sky's the limit for him there. And I think that is that can be the key to his ability to create advantages moving forward. All right, next statement from me. 
Scotty Barnes will be able to shoot NBA spot-up threes at a respectable rate. Hmm. Uh, so are you inferring on rookie season, Scotty Barnes? Nope, just career. Okay. No, I think he'll be able – I don't think that's an overreaction. Uh, I think he'll be able to do it. Now, what I would say would be an overreaction is really his ability to hit any type of pull-up or movement shooting. But if we're still keeping the bar pretty low on spot-ups, and yes, that's going to be one of the keys in swing skills, like we say, just for so many prospects, it will also be for Scotty Barnes, maybe more so than most. Um, But I'd be confident in him at least hitting a decent threshold, enough that the defense has to respect him. But to what level is the question mark? Um, Because we talk about actually having gravity, like something that I've talked about lately is outside of the top 30 guys in the NBA, you know, maybe each team has one, maybe two guys that really dominate the ball outside of those guys, your fate in the NBA as a role player is determined almost exclusively by what you can do without touching the ball. And defensively, I think we both agree Scotty Barnes is going to do awesome on that side. And then offensively, what does he do without the ball? Does he have that gravity to really stay on the floor and the defense to respect him? Um, I think he's going to be good enough, but that is the question moving forward. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I actually kind of like uh, his shot as far as projection, and I think there's a world where Scotty Barnes can hit 35 to 36% of spot-up threes. Sounds good. Let's get back to Jalen Suggs now because – I've got a question on him for you, Cody. Is it an overreaction to say that Jalen Suggs will be the next guy to take the mantle of the next shot-blocking guard? Uh, You know, Dwayne Wade was that guy, the best shot-blocking guard. He kind of passed that a little bit to John Wall. Is it an overreaction to say, because we just saw him, I think he had three blocks today, Cody, including one or two more that were called fouls but clearly weren't. is that an overreaction to include him in that group already? I'm going to say it's not an overreaction um, that he potentially could take that torch. I would say it's an overreaction to say he is he has it right now. But uh, no, I watched Jalen Suggs all year at Gonzaga, and uh, he has great anticipation and timing. If I wanted to, I could get cliche about him playing safety in football but um he really has a knack for the ball and what i love about Suggs uh is that a lot of these blocks and we've seen it um in college and then just tonight when we watched him with the magic for the first time he comes up with big defensive plays in crucial moments there are guys that you know obviously we talk about clutch offense constantly but there are guys that just seem to make plays in crucial moments down the stretch of really close games. And you're already seeing that with Jalen Suggs, that crazy block in the final four against UCLA on Cody Riley comes to mind. And uh, this Magic Warriors game, he had a couple huge blocks in the last couple minutes. And um, we've seen players like that before. I think LeBron at times, uh, when he's been really engaged in the playoffs, seems to make big uh, defensive plays when he needs to. Larry Bird was tremendous with that as well. And uh, 
Uh, I really like that about Suggs. But overall, yes, I don't think it's an overreaction to to say that he could potentially be, you know, that next big time uh, guard that seems to block a lot of shots. Yeah, and I, and I know some listeners might be saying, well, how can you guys say this is clutch? It's the summer league. It doesn't even mean anything. Well, to these guys, it's their debut in an NBA uniform. To a guy like Jalen Suggs, you know, this isn't the Super Bowl. It's not the NBA Finals, but it's the first time they're putting on a jersey in a while, and it's the first time they're putting on an NBA jersey. So yeah. to Suggs, it definitely means something. And it was a close game. It was close, yep. And uh, that's when Suggs, because the dude is just a winner. And to me, that means a lot. But we're going to get into a break here. And then in the final segment, go over just a couple more things that stood out to us that we got to see in person at the Summer League. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing right now, pun intended, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Uh, get all the latest news, odds, and info as well, including uh, UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out the sign up bonuses and contest information. Also, use promo code LOCKED ON all one word locked on and uh, sign up today and you'll receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. Uh, let's get back into this, Sam. We're just going to have some general uh, summer league thoughts here. How do you want to start? So I wanted to get your thoughts, Cody, on what you think kind of the importance of being at a game and scouting these guys in person is uh, what added benefit do you get seeing these guys in person versus on tape you know watching it on a screen so it is really uh, a lot easier to tell you know a player's size and quickness in person their length uh, you can still tell on the tv obviously but when you're there up close in person you really get a feel for how big some of these players are or how small they are. And then uh, quickness. I mean, there's a lot of quick players. Uh, obviously, these are world-class athletes, and there's so many guards that are lightning quick out there. And then you watch them all in person, and you're like, wow, James Booknight is <laughs> quicker than all the quick guys, including Davian Mitchell, who gave yeah. him fits. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think it is really important or helpful anyway to be able to uh, watch in person. Yeah, there's definitely levels to size. There's levels to quickness, even in the NBA. So along those lines, Cody, I wanted to give you three guys that stood out to me physically, uh, just seeing them, them out there on the court. And I'll give you kind of the reasoning behind each. The first one to me was Jalen Johnson, who we saw in the first game at the first first day of summer league Celtics Hawks and as soon as we saw him take the floor Cody I think we were both surprised because we knew we knew he was a legit like 6'9 6'10 but he was bigger than everyone on the court and he moved so well too uh it was yeah some of these guys you just see and it's it's it just looks different in person than it does on tape yeah I can vouch for what Sam said Jalen Johnson was massive like a lot bigger than 
any other wing uh, that is, you know, considered to be in his position. Uh, he is a huge dude. Yeah. And then Jaden McDaniels, I'd put in that group too. Cody had seen him play before in high school. This was my first time seeing him in person. He's obviously thinner than Jalen Johnson. He's got stick legs and, and loves those short shorts that really show off those stick legs. But just the height, I mean, he, he's he got to be a legit 6'10". And then, yeah, just to move at that size. And same with Jalen Johnson. Uh, they just seem to move. They're just different specimens than the rest of those guys out there. And then the other guy that I wanted to hit on is the guy that really stood out to us most, uh, and that's Jalen Green. Uh, I think the word nuclear athlete was made to describe Jalen Green. The way he just moves both his vertical and his quickness was just different than anyone else we saw over uh, the two days, full days we spent watching these guys. It was just a lot of jaw dropping, but how would you kind of describe seeing Jalen Green in person? Uh, yeah, it's just another level um, out out there with these world-class athletes. There are levels to this, like you said, and uh, for being a pretty uh, rail thin player as well compared to some of his peers, uh, he can take contact and still explode through it. There are a number of times on his drives where it was real physical and he was getting bodied and you'd think that would set, you know, a skinnier guy like him off and they wouldn't be able to uh, gather themselves to keep moving forward at an upward trajectory towards the rim. But he'd get hit and then still just elevate and explode up to the rim. Uh, it was really impressive. Plays strong. Kyrie Irving's. Uh, doesn't get the the head uh, quite as high, but another like thinner player that can really handle contact when driving really well and stay on course uh, when you wouldn't really expect it being uh, just much more skinnier. But Jalen Green has that. I mean, he's blown by guys and he's getting hand checked or whatever, bodied, and he he still just explodes right up to the rim. Really impressive. Uh, a big guy that was kind of the same way, and we know who's a freak who can jump. Jericho Sims, he can take contact and still uh, rise up and elevate, but it's really fun to watch those guys. Yeah, we saw Jericho Sims, you know, on TV hit his head on the rim and in person, the dude is gigantic and, and can really leap. So, yeah, obviously seeing the physical tools in person, it helps you get a grasp of just how different those tiers are and what those upper echelon athletes really move and look like. Um, but on top of the measurables, Cody, you can also see because intangibles obviously by nature are hard to assess, hard to evaluate and project, but it is fun to see guys interact. Uh, you get, you can kind of see who maybe the leaders of the team are, who is trying to take over. Um, and just the way, again, that guys interact, it gives you a clear view that you don't see on TV, uh, and that's just a unique thing that you get being at games. Is there anything kind of looking at that intangible side that might've stood out to you? Yeah, this is my favorite part about watching these games in person, especially at summer league, when you're close to the action, you can hear talking, chatter, see body language very clearly, uh, and just the attitude uh, towards their teammates and coaches. Uh, 
So I love watching that. One thing to talk, touch on Jalen Green again, he's having a lot of fun out there. Doesn't seem to be rattled by what's going on. Uh, he was hitting shots his first game, so that helps. Primo's another one who struggled, and you mentioned this too, Sam, to me. Uh, throughout his struggles, his expression has not changed. Uh, he'll get more aggressive and be better, but I really liked his mentality. It was great to see. And then I, I remember seeing this on TCU film, but Desmond Bain has the most confidence and talks the most trash out of anyone there. And his teammates feed off it. It's contagious. And so it's really fun uh, being up close and seeing those uh, minor details. Yeah. And on Primo, I think the coaches have done a good job there too, because something that you know, you can see at times as guys lose confidence, uh, they'll turn the ball over, maybe miss a shot or two. And then they're looking over to the coach on the bench like, oh, am I am I going to be pulled out of the game? Like, do I need to move the ball to somebody else? Well, Primo doesn't do that. The guy is like, yep, I, sure, I made a mistake, but I'm going to get it back next time. To have a short memory, to have that self-confidence in yourself. And I'm sure the coaching staff has helped him do that. It is good to see. And one other example, Cody, we saw, and of course, this game's more fresh in our minds, Cole Anthony in because the game against the Warriors came down to the final minutes, in fact, went to overtime. And, and at first on the final possessions, Cole Anthony was waving everyone off. Uh, and, but then he missed a shot or two, turned the ball over. Uh, and then Jalen Suggs got to take over. He also didn't make shots, but he did get to the free throw line. He did make defensive possessions. I'm not saying like that the whole baton of the franchise was passed over to Suggs there, but you could clearly see that Suggs was like, all right, let me have my chance to kind of take over here and make my mark on the game. Yeah, I mean, Suggs just has that kind of aura over him, around him. He's just a contagious winner and uh, a guy that kind of just has that it factor. And no matter who his teammates are when he joined the NBA, he was just going to be a guy that stepped up into the limelight and just has that contagious uh, energy about him. Yep. And this, it was fun being there in person. This is the first time we've recorded in, in person as well. Um, Cody, any other thoughts um, that have come to your mind watching summer league these last few days that you wanted to share? Well, watching the warriors, uh, I really liked the tweet you sent and agree with this uh, that you Warriors, Warriors fans should just tell yourself Moody was the seventh overall pick and Kaminga was the, you know, lottery flyer, a uh, guy with physical tools because uh, I know he ended up with around 16, I think, uh, against the Magic, but his feel for the game is not there. Uh, he puts his head down and uh, for all of you guys that have played pickup, you know, your whole life, there are players where they get the ball and you already know, you can see it in their eyes <laughs> that they're, a shot is going up. They're putting their head down and the rest of, you know, the court, the teammates doesn't exist. And Kaminga is so pre predetermined like that. And uh, his feel and passing and touch is just not great. So he's going to be a project, but the physical tools, I mean, are tremendous. He was a lot bigger than I thought too and uh, just moves so well on the break, is such a force uh, when he does get his shoulder into the defender getting to the rack. 
Yeah, there was one specific play on Wagner where he drove baseline on him and just kind of moved him with his shoulder right out of the way and laid it up. And Wagner, like we've said, we've harped on this a few times. He's a really good defensive prospect, and he's big too. And and Kaminga just put him in the basket a few times. But but yeah, like Cody said, both the jump shot, because when he shoots, the ball could really end up anywhere, and the feel. It's going to take outlier development just to be average at those things at his position. Now, one direction they could go, and they've done this already a little bit in the summer league, is play him as a small ball five because of his strength. And that also kind of lessens the playmaking responsibility and also simplifies reads he'd have to make offensively. Um, and he can provide some rim protection. Obviously, he's kind of too small to do that full time, but that might be one way that they can make things easier on him. Uh, maybe play him next to like a Draymond, but he's certainly going to have a tough time being a positive impact player early on in his career. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any other thoughts you had before we sign off here? No, I think that was it uh, from me today. It's been fun being at the games. Uh, like Cody and I were talking about to sit through multiple days straight, never got old. There were just always more games to look forward to. And, and just following these guys for so long, getting to see them actually in person after having COVID, you know, uh, kind of dominate our lives and not being able to go to any games live for the last year and a half almost it was uh it was a lot of fun to be there in person yes it was indeed all righty well thank you guys for listening be sure to give us a review listen to the other hosts on the other days richard and Raphael do an awesome job and uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in Betting on basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.